podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Welcome back to this week's episode of In the Thicket. We're so happy to have you with us. This week we were joined by John Taylor, who shares with us about healing and learning to trust the Lord and about sitting in that place of uncertainty that can be very painful. He shares a lot about how he went from planning his life 40 steps ahead of time to really having the Lord strip away so much that he could just follow the Lord into the dark one step at a time. And we hope that if you're in this place right now, uh, that this episode is a help for you. And please know that we're praying for you. God bless you. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. It's me. Hi. I'm oh, the yeah. problem. It's me. <laughs> and who are you? Just for people listening, you know? I'm Aaron. I don't know, Aaron, if you can do that with also like Taylor copyright. Swift. I know. Oh my gosh. We're gonna post this on YouTube and they're hundred percent gonna gonna like because it shows you, it goes through the, the copyright thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna have to cut that part out. But anyways, I'm Aaron. <laughs> How are you? Who are you, Nicole? I'm hi, I'm Nicole. <laughs> And I'm Rachel, and uh, you have somehow stumbled onto our podcast in the thicket. So welcome. We're so happy that you're here. Um, and if you're watching us on YouTube, we are joined by another, our, our guest today. Um, hello, guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Yay! John. I, I have no great song lyrics to offer you. Lyrics, That's good. It helps us with like, you know, legal issues. If you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, I am the problem. It's me. <laughs> it just works over and over and over again. I know. Oh my oh, goodness. Man. I know. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's good to see you all. Um, we, yeah, it's uh, okay. So this episode, I'm just gonna be honest with everybody listening. This episode is coming out and it's 2023, which is mind boggling because we're currently in 2022 we're recording around American Thanksgiving. I'm just going to be honest. I'm pulling back the veil. This is how mm-hmm. podcasts are done guys. You know, time, mm-hmm. what is time? You know, when you're doing stuff like this, it's just, sometimes yeah. you record the day before, sometimes you recorded the year before, you know, yeah, that's right. So, that's, that's right. Yeah. So oh, but, okay. oh. also timely. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to talk about existential crises, but it's probably better the direction that you're going. I was going to talk about Taylor Swift. So oh, I don't yeah, know. That's probably Let's better. Do that yes. one. Let's do that one. Well, because Erin, you just quoted her song. So, okay. So I have to, so I'm living in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. So all of my 18 to 22 year old students who are mostly girls, like love Taylor Swift, right? So this is the big thing of last week is everyone's trying to get tickets and they all know right. all their songs. The Swifties, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, all and the memes so with Ticketmaster and the Swifties. Oh like, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. They, you know, they're and I'm teaching music therapy. And so we had somebody was doing like a demo intervention and, and they brought up Ticketmaster to be like, when I, you know, when I say this word, like play how you feel on the instrument. And they said Ticketmaster and immediately it was like bah, 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 all the angry playing came out. So you know, but I listened, so I listened to the I listened to not the whole album yet, but I've been been enjoying it. So have you guys heard? Have you guys listened to the new Taylor Swift album? I have not. No. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, I've been listening to it on repeat. So okay, okay. See, I thought so. 
Cause I never liked Taylor Swift really. I mean, sorry, Taylor, like your other stuff, whatever, like so catchy songs and you just know the <laughs> lyric, but then she came out with folklore and evermore, which are like yeah. two, it's because they they're are more of like good. indie folk albums. You sure. know? Yeah. They're so good. Like they they're just like really mix well it up yeah, with, really Oh my well gosh, done. the, with the time signatures and that, you know, the <laughs> lyrics are good. Like they're, it's, and she really is good lyrically. Like she's mm-hmm. got, she gets some interesting lyrics anyway. So I've been listening to, to this one pretty much on repeat except for there's like some songs there's one that's like karma where it's like um karma is my boyfriend oh yeah that's like a weird it's like weird i'm like wow you're gonna get us muted again i know it's me (laughs) it's me (laughs) oh anyways yeah yeah so anyways yeah so, John, are you a fan of Taylor Swift? So, I'm pretty sure I would recognize a lot of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's music, but I yeah. like right now I'm struggling to recall a single song name, and I'm right. not mm-hmm. that's, yes. that's, that's that's the extent of my relationship with T Swift. Right. Okay, yeah. fair enough. You would fair hear enough. her. This is the thing that I really. She's a, she is. I think like a very good. I don't think you can argue the fact that she's a very good songwriter. Mm. She yeah. just is a very good songwriter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was always like, I just want to be able to do this where I like write a hit song that grocery stores will play for 50,000 years. <laughs> right. Can yeah. you imagine? Like, it's like, that's it. That's your whole career done. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> a concert as well. I just write a song that people right. can drop to in the grocery store and it's, and you're made for you life. Just reap the royalties. What's, yeah. What's the iconic grocery store song? Like what comes to mind when you think of story? I think it's is love it story. Interesting. I mean, it's not the one that comes to mind when I, I don't know really what comes, but I know, I remember being in the store and being like, it they're playing love story and it's that song's it's like 15 yeah. years old right but they also play like a lot of songs they play in the grocery store are like kind of like you know ad- adults. yeah i think of like um like africa by toto as like the oh, classic yeah. grocery that's store song one. yeah that's a good that's i always do i call it grandmother singing when there's something like that that i don't know the words to because my grandmother used to do that at mass all the time if she mm-hmm. she would be like for the meek. And, and so she would just do these like weird mumbled words between the ones that she actually knew but also she was hard of hearing so she would do oh, it loudly amazing and then, yeah awesome. or like when we were walking in one time she would she would say hello hello she's like so polite and then she would turn and whisper and be like i have no idea who that woman is <laughs> <laughs> it's like so loud because she can't hear oh, anyway. that's awesome. awesome i love your grandma i know she's so sweet grandma Forche, you can pray for us today yeah we will take yeah. all your prayers yeah and it's that's just awesome. so genuine you just like i i love the the simplicity and genuineness it's awesome. totally yeah i know i know so precious i know i, I feel know. like it's true you know when you get to that age you're just like oh, i don't care i don't care yeah. what you think no. about me yeah. you know yeah that's like, yeah. That's like yeah. kind of awesome i'm looking forward to that hopefully yeah. one day yeah 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 um <laughs> yeah so t-swift grandma's in heaven mm-hmm Teardrops, teardrops on my guitar. Is what I, that's the song of hers that I really don't like. Just going back to that question. Mm, okay. That's I just was like, meh. That's kind of anyway. Yeah. See, I can't. I the one that's been ruined for me is "Shake It Off" because oh. it was when I was like really practicing music therapy clinically a lot. I did that song a lot as like a movement song, and we'd sing "Shake It Off," and then we would like stomp our feet and we clap our hands and we do all the things. And now, whenever I'm anywhere else, like at a wedding or something, immediately all I can think of is like my work. 
And so right. I, I no longer right. enjoy the song as a song. It's for me. It's like a work song. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have the best segue into our. our oh, good. Oh, oh, I know what it's going to be already. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. Right. So talking about Taylor Swift. Now we're transitioning to a different Taylor. Oh, oh. <laughs> mm, I did not catch that. I that am again the problem. Little... Okay. That's good. <laughs> Some wordplay there for you. Yeah. Okay. So hi, John. Taylor. Hi. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the Taylor I want to focus on today. Um, yeah. So everybody listening, you would have seen like, you know, the title of our, of our podcast and we're talking about uncertainty. We're talking about healing. We're talking about trusting God. And, um, John is, we're so excited to have John just be here and share his story with us and just kind of dive into these, these parts of our life, our lives as Catholics, as Christians that are just very real and they're not, you know, they're not easy. They're not like cut and dry. They're kind of messy. It's a messy Mm. business. Um, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's so much that the Lord does in those, in that messy kind of reality. So, Mm -hmm. so start off, maybe John, you can just tell people a little bit about who you are and your story and just, yeah, just a little, little bit about John Taylor. Sure. Yeah. It's great to be here. So yes, I am John Taylor. Um, also a drummer from Duran Duran, but like, that's a whole uh, tangent. We probably don't have time. <laughs> awesome. It, it comes that's up more so often. Great. Than, really? Than, yeah. A, a lot. Uh, I'm not so familiar obviously with their music, but Duran Duran. I'm like, yeah, great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that makes John, for a second, Taylor Swift. It does. For a second, I always <laughs> thought you were saying that you used to be the drummer for Duran Duran. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Am I, this is the right okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't yeah. have to be like sixty to be. I feel like you're definitely not that old. Like, sure. I am. I am, in fact, John Taylor. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and some of you, I think, some of you know aspects of of my story. I think to tell it properly, I love context and history. Mm. So, um, you know, just in terms of how I grew up and and the very early stages of, I think, the story that you know we'll we'll talk about tonight. Um, so I grew up in Toronto, uh, one of six kids in, in a very, in a very devout Catholic family. And, um, I think as, as many, uh, people experience, we had a very imperfect family, uh, in, in many ways. And, um, my parents ended up separating when I was about 15. And I think, you know, thinking back, uh, I, there's so many levels and perspectives that I might sort of relive that experience. One for sure would be, um, the devout Catholic family with six kids and the parents splitting up. And that's unusual. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. from a very young age, I think we all sensed, you know, we were quite different um, Mm -hmm. than other families surrounded by amazing and, and a lot of Mm -hmm. large Catholic families. So my cousins have 10 kids. My best friend's family has 11 kids. So we just grew up constantly surrounded by people we could play with and do sports with and Mm -hmm. and go to school with Um, very blessed. I, I would say in many ways. And um, what happened, I think, as a result of one of the outcomes, I would say, of that separation was that my siblings and I, as as far as I can tell, we all left the faith. I think we had a, a pretty um, uh, distant, somewhat cold, very strict uh, relationship with the faith. Um, and so we all left the faith. And this was about 15 years uh, when I was 15 years old. And I'm the fifth of six. So I have four older siblings, one younger brother. And so I sort of ended up going through teenage, later teenage, young adult, university years, uh, drifting a lot. And I, I think a lot of people have experienced their own kinds mm-hmm. of uh, drifting in life, really looking back with not much sense of identity, 
especially in terms of masculinity and, and who am I supposed to be as a person, but as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I sort of always had a level of connection, I would say, with the faith, probably mostly connected with guilt. Um, mm-hmm. God bless her. My mom, I think, is is in many ways the reason why I'm the man I am today. And I could always mm-hmm. picture her saying, like, did you, did you go to mass? And <laughs> You know, and I'm just like, my life is not really a Catholic life, mom. I'm not sure, you know, yeah. she, she wouldn't have known I'd gone away to university. Um, and so I sort of went through life and in, into my, uh, into my twenties, just sort of uh, following the the hopes and dreams that I think come across people related to careers and relationships, mm. you know, I think related to our family upbringing, um, and, and probably very connected with with our family situation and my my parents' marriage is that I was always I always found it quite difficult to connect with people in romantic relationships. So whether it was sort of like a fear of of going down the same path as my parents or yeah. you know commitment and various various aspects of those those types of dynamics in, in anyone who comes from a from a broken family might might experience some version of that uh, related mm-hmm. to their family upbringing. I'm sure there's many right. other reasons as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really God be praised during the year of mercy in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. I had a really profound reversion mm-hmm. to the faith. Uh, the Newman Center here in Toronto was, was a big part of that. Uh, meeting Catholic community um, was completely lacking in my life up until mm-hmm. that point. And so I started going, attending um, faith. I actually went to faith studies. So as a child, we actually grew up like literally being read and learning from the catechism, from canon law, from popes encyclicals. Like this is not your typical right, yeah. way of yeah. being introduced to the faith as a kid. So I, I knew a lot of things or, or mm. remembered a lot of things. But uh, if any of you have gone through the uh, the uh, the faith, the, the very common, I can't remember the name, but that common discovery, faith, the discovery mm-hmm. series. And like, what does God's love mean to me? And I'm like, whoa, I've, I've never actually mm. thought about what this meant despite mm. being able to quote or reference verses and documents. Yeah. Um, and that was, as you can imagine, quite life-changing. And I would say, you know, a good four or five years, I got involved with the spiritual director and everything, sacraments and prayer and adoration. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I had my friendship circle included nuns, which was a very strange <laughs> reality. <laughs> I um, love that. Like, wow, this is friend. kind of cool. Yeah. And, um, and so... By that point, so I think I was around 30 at that point and saying, oh, this is like, this is providing the meaning, the stability, the direction, Mm -hmm. the motivation that I think I've been lacking in life. This is great. You know, I'm ready to receive vocation. Like, let's Mm -hmm. go. Like, this is very exciting. And, and again, like those years of formation were so important uh, and a complete gift. And so around um, in 2020, uh, I ended up getting into a relationship during, uh, I don't know if you remember this thing called the pandemic, <laughs> um, vague memories. Um, yeah, right. I got into a, a relationship, just a wonderful relationship. It was a distance relationship. So there was a lot of complexities, mm-hmm. uh, related to the pandemic and to, to life and uncertainty about the future and the way the world was going and whether we'd have a world in a couple of years or not. Right. Um, and not not really to get into the relationship at all, but it was it was a very special. It was it was just a bit of a, it was a very providential, very special, very unique relationship. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, so if 
I remember thinking, is this what people feel? I never felt deep down that idea of like, could this actually lead to mm. marriage? I think for the mm. first time in my life, I remember thinking, whoa, this, this is real. This is not, um, this is not Hallmark. This is not, yeah. and, you know, not, not to sort of um, take anything away from previous relationships, but I a, thought you were going to say not to take anything away from, from Hallmark. Hallmark. And I was like, no, no, we can take all that you want away from Hallmark. That's fine. By the way, I do not endorse. I'm not receiving any monetary compensation. Listen, again, we're Hallmark. censorship. Just, we're just, just clearing. We're just clearing the air. Yeah. Um, Sweet. And it was a beautiful relationship and, and it ended. And I thought that, uh, I really thought, okay, I think I'm, in the right place of attachment or detachment, depending on how you look at it. I, th- I think this is how I need to be approaching the idea of dating someone with the possibility of marriage, with the very real possibility of marriage with integrity and character. I think this is the kind of person that I want to be as a Catholic and as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was really prepared for the, the inevitable, the, the possibility, I should say, that a distance relationship during a pandemic when you can't travel and stay at home and don't look at anybody um there might be some challenges to getting to know Mm -hmm. someone and growing an intimacy and 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 all that kind of stuff and I thought I was very prepared for it and what happened after the breakup completely off caught me off guard and it was essentially the onset of a I mean looking back I would say a depression Mm -hmm. and so for people who know me I they my friends and family might sort of uh, call me maybe annoyingly optimistic sometimes. <laughs> I love silver linings. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also someone who loves to do things. I can sort of do or problem solve my way out of a lot of situations in life, resting on optimism and proactivity. I like, we'll find a way. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, basically the symptoms of depression, which was you know, not being able to eat, to sleep, to work, to socialize uh, very effectively completely caught me off guard. And it was especially challenging because I thought, but, but like I was, I was in the right disposition. I had the right mm. disposition. So what the heck is going on here? Mm. Um, I, uh, again, because I like doing my way out of problems, I started working with a life coach, a, a great, a really great Catholic life coach. We worked together about 12 weeks because I thought, oh, maybe there's something, some big area, you know, in my life that I need to address around mm. career being a big part of, you know, your lived experience and vocation. Um, and he, um, for, he gave me, uh, over, over the weeks we worked together, he would give me different types of homework. Um, uh, one of them, this is just random because I'm thinking of it now, but he, he it. got me to watch The Chosen. Oh, um, yeah. Nice. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, and that'll, I think, come in a bit later in the story. But he also introduced me to a podcast uh, by um, really offered by two Catholic therapists um, called Restore the Glory. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dr. Bob Schutz and Jake Kim. Yeah, two so of my good. favorite uh, favorite people just to listen to and, yeah. and to listen mm-hmm. to them share their hearts and their wisdom and experience. Um, and so he got me to listen to this. Uh, one of his pieces of homework was listen to a multi-episode segment on uh the anatomy of a wound yes and so you i went into it i was like hey i'm doing the homework fine great and i went into it, i was like whoa this is 
very interesting. Something that really jumped out at me is, mm. is, and I hope I'm not not misquoting, but the idea that wounds come from um, basically like sort of violations against love. And those mm. are sort of, they take place in two sort of buckets or categories. One is a, sort of an actual violation of love. Mm. And the second would be an absence of love right. or a holding back or a, a withdrawal of love. Yeah. And uh, as I got to the end of this uh, uh, life coaching, I, it became apparent that I should pro I would probably benefit from working with a therapist mm -hmm. and I'd never considered working with a therapist. I'm like, why would I need a therapist? Like mm. life is tough. Stuff happens. You suck Silver it up. Lining, we get <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a bit of optimism and a little, a little bit of you know uh, hard work, a little hard, hard work, work and sparkle. Yeah. You can. Get I'm like, this is this is what I've done my whole life. Yeah. I I, mm. I love it. You know, it's 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 been really helpful in many situations and sometimes a hindrance yeah. in others, obviously. But um, and I started working with a therapist, and sort of what became apparent was. Um, again, this was, I'm now able to sort of summarize something that happened over, over yeah. months. Mm -hmm. But for me, it felt like some of these wounds that went all the way back to my childhood would be like this deep hole or like mm -hmm. a cave, underground cave in your heart or in your, in your being. Mm -hmm. And over time, like you kind of just like pile, this is, I, I love analogies. I'm a very visual thinker. So you kind of totally. like pile pile life experiences and distractions and band-aids and you just kind of pile life and you kind of bury it and bury it and it goes farther and farther down but it, inevitably we get wounded we get hurt we have disappointments and setbacks and those are like holes kind of being drilled down from the surface but they don't ever kind of go that deep or depending mm. on the nature of mm. the situation and all I could sort of picture what was coming out in therapy was for whatever reason the circumstances surrounding the loss of this relationship were like, like a drill that went all the way down and hit that underground uh, cave, and right. it mm -hmm. just went boom, right? Black hole. And yeah. I, I never really like thought that was possible. Even thought very deeply about mm -hmm. that. But I was like, oh, so it's it's kind of about this relationship, but also not really. Mm. There's a much bigger mm. story here around a lifetime mm. now, over 20 years ago now, mm. of, mm. of family and, and, and childhood wounds. Mm. Um, so as that's, you know, uh, if, any, if any of you have been through therapy, it's, in my experience, it's not very quick work. It's slow and yeah. deliberate, and there's a lot of relationship building. So as that's going on, I'm, I'm also just really struggling to, to work. I would sort of have... Mm this really frustrating experience of being really lonely mm. and really socially anxious around people. Mm. And I'm just like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> mm. can I, at least have, I can handle right. one or the other, but like, mm. both. and yeah. what, what I was so grateful for and really what makes sense in God's providence is that mm. four or five, six years of formation leading up to this experience where I was think I was naturally thinking also through a spiritual lens mm -hmm. in addition to a physical or professional or social. Yeah. Um, and all I could really sense was like what, what many holy people have talked about in terms of like a stripping away. Mm. So hopes, dreams, desires, like some of you know, I love running. I do a lot of running. It's never something I need to go trick myself into going for a run. Yeah. I, I, it's my go-to <laughs> to think or to recharge or 
or even to rest, which sounds bizarre to. I don't even know how we're friends. That's how much you love running and how little much I despise. It. That's got to be grace. If that's not it grace, is. Exactly. I don't know what is. I really that's exactly it. Is. Yeah. <laughs> and I would even, I would just have to drag my butt out the door to go do the thing that just is like, it's like eating mm. or sleeping or, or, or walking just, and, um, you know, professional, I, I had like no professional outlook. Um, I, I, there was no hope or dream. I couldn't even see where the future was going. Mm-hmm. All I knew was like, this is not how I thought life is going to, or is supposed to, or I'm not deserving of this. And during that summer, which is actually just now the summer of last year, um, I, I really clung to the support of a great spiritual director. Family and friends were being really wonderful with me. Um, but I, I didn't know, and it's, it's really scary, I think for me to consider it, but the question of how long can I survive like this was Mm -hmm. crossing my mind. And Mm -hmm. it's honestly, there's something you, you grew up as a good, as a good, uh, faithful Catholic and do this and don't do this. When you think about something like, you know, suicide or suicidal ideation. You're mm-hmm. like, that, there's no place for that. Like you, you're a person of mm-hmm. faith, you know? Um, and I, I don't know that I ever actively thought about it, but it was more desperation that said, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can keep, I can keep going. Yeah. The th- <laughs> one of the things that really got me through this period of time, as I said, friends, family were so amazing, but it was so hard for, to share it with them in a way that would alleviate my pain in, in mm. much of a significant way. But I constantly had Dr. Bob and Jay, mm. they would, I would listen to these episodes and then there'd be just the thing that I mm. needed to hear at mm. that time. So I, I have this really distinct memory of, I think it's Jake. And he says, when healing doesn't come, I find myself at a fork in the road. And the one path says God is not who he says he is. He's tricking me. He's punishing me. Uh, He doesn't like me. Um, I'm not his chosen. And the other path says God is who he says he is. He's a good, good, loving father. Mm -hmm. And he's doing something that I cannot yet see. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I constantly found myself again at that fork in the road saying, okay, I know the answer. I know which path to take intellectually. Mm-hmm. And I'm just dragging myself not to, you know, not yeah. to go down this other path. So out mm-hmm. of sheer desperation, I, again, I didn't know if I need to take a leave from work. It was, it was, it was so embarrassing. I just thought mm-hmm. I'm, I'm John, like th- this is like, I, I just solved my way through problems. Like I don't have this glamorous yeah. life, but very self-dependent. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just, I need to get away. I need to go on a vacation and just step away from work. And I need to go on a retreat. Those are the two things in my mind to mm. make a, a long story, a tiny bit shorter. Um, <laughs> the vacation path just evaporated. I was going to go on a trip uh, with a good friend. We travel really well together. Mm. Um, and he said, I'm so sorry. This unbelievable situation has come up at work and I can't travel. You know, we can reimburse any costs we've incurred. Mm. And I was like, yeah, the costs don't matter. And I was like, I, I, I had no desire to go. I love traveling and the adventure of travel. I had no desire really just to, to go and just, you know, travel the world or anything. It was to get away with this very specific, wonderful friend. Um, 
And I, I, by God's providence, I found um, a silent uh, Ignatian retreat, the only one that was available on, on like a week's notice. And on mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend of last year, I went on this three-day retreat. And I showed up at the retreat and I'm meeting my spiritual accompanier for the weekend. And she says, hey, you know, what, what brings you here? <laughs> and so I kind of told her, I, I've had this experience over the last year. I have a lifetime experience. I have, it feels like a truck just hit my life. And I'm like, I don't know why I couldn't, this couldn't have happened to me 10 years ago when I could mm-hmm. have used all that wonderful time to have sorted this out. Um, there, there's the fear, the anxiety, I can't make simple decisions like what to make for dinner or what to buy from the grocery store without anxiety. And I'm like, this Mm. is ridiculous. That was the most frustrating part. Mm. This is stupid. I hate this (laughs) and I want it to stop. Like love stories playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I hate that song. (laughs) Rachel's cringing somewhere. So great. And I, I meet with my spiritual company on the Friday and she, she said, I, I, I would invite you to pray with this line from scripture, uh, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And I said, okay. Mm. So the Friday night I'm sitting with this and sitting with this and I couldn't get past be still. Mm. Hmm. The, 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 and know that I am God was, was so big and so overwhelming. Uh, and I, so Saturday morning I meet with her and I said, I, I got really stuck on be still. And she said, great, that's what I want you to do today. I want Mm -hmm. you to pray with those words. And I was like, the the two words that, right, just the the two of them. (laughs) And she said, yeah. And I was like, okay. And it was an unstructured, silent retreat. So there weren't meditations or reflections. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went and I sat with that, those two words all day. And as the day went on, I just got angrier and angrier (laughs) and angrier. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, be still. You know, I've, d- I've checked all the boxes mm-hmm. uh, of all the things you're supposed to do to be a good Catholic, especially a good young adult Catholic. What more can I do? Be still, the relationship, the depression, everything. So Sunday morning is now sort of the retreats wrapping up. And uh, my bags are packed. I'm sitting in her office and she's like, so how, was, how did that go yesterday? And I said, it was awful. Yeah. And I explained to her just as all these questions, every fear, every question, every every doubt I've had in life, like I'm not good enough or I'm going to fail or what if mm-hmm. I'm rejected or it would all come up. It was like just looking at all the stuff that you've ever wanted to bury about mm-hmm. yourself and, and just sitting there, like not being able to do anything about it. And mm-hmm. she said, do you, do you know, do you have any sense or idea of who you're angry at? And so for many years in, in my young adult years, I was really angry at my parents, especially my dad. I blamed him for a lot of things. I didn't understand his context and, and where he was coming from in life. And again, through the grace of God, as part of this reversion, I had a reconciliation with my dad. And I thought, great, like that's the big burden mm. off the shoulders. Now I'm free. And I'm sitting here on this weekend thinking, I think I'm angry at God. Mm-hmm. despite you know trying to go to daily mass and spiritual direction and adoration and daily prayer i think i'm angry at god like who else who else could change or affect right or have kept this from happening or is this mm-hmm. letting me sit here mm-hmm. and she said you know john um i hate to see you leave 
the retreat in this state. Do you think you might want to stay longer? I was like, oh, I, is there an option? Like I signed up for a three-day retreat. I paid. <laughs> is there, I didn't know there's like an extension option. And she said, pray about it. Think about it. Pray about it. We have mass, you know, and lunch. And then usually we, the retreat will end. And uh, I went to the mass. And uh, so I was actually in Montreal. And so there was a bishop or archbishop of, of Montreal was presiding over the mass mm-hmm. in French. My French is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can sort of understand parts of the liturgy. But when he gets to the homily, besides words here, and I have no idea what he's saying. Yeah. And in the middle of his homily, so he's preaching in French. And in the middle of his homily, he just says this one little thing in English. I have no idea why. In his mind, he switched. But in the middle of his homily, he stops speaking in French and he says, you didn't bring yourself on this retreat. God has called you here. Ooh. And then continue speaking in French. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I sense there was definitely unresolved something. Mm. I said, okay, I, 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 I wonder, is, is this me like, saying, I'm just going about this all the wrong way. You know, there's, there's a surrender, there's a whatever, there's something missing. I'm not grasping something from, from this retreat experience. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I didn't tell her why, but I just said, you know, I, I, think, I think I'll stay. She said, great. Um, we can go day by day until the end of the week. And I will be here every day that you want to meet with me. If you're mm-hmm. still here every day, I will meet with you. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so the retreatants are all leaving and I'm staying weird. I went and unpacked my bag. That's so funny. Strangest feeling. And I went out onto the porch, beautiful porch overlooking the river. And there was another guy, an older gentleman sitting there. And we just started chatting because we could finally talk after three Mm. days of silence. (laughs) And we're just sharing little life stories. And he's, um, so he's reading actually this book, uh, Henry Nouwen's book, Life of the Beloved. Mm. And he said, uh, have you read this book? And I said, no. And he said, I bought it here and it, it's really, he said, it's, it's, it's really good. And I, I would like to give it to you. Mm. I was like, like, like to borrow or he's like, no, no, as, as a gift. Mm. I said, wow. I said, great. I, in my head, I'm thinking a little book is like the last thing I need right now, <laughs> but this is a really nice gesture. And he said, great. I, he said, I, I have a couple pages left. I'm leaving tomorrow. But I will find you before I leave and I'll give you the book. And I said, great. So I went and I did what I tend to do when I want to think and solve problems. I went on a run because now I was like, I don't know. Now I have no clue why I'm here or where this is going. I don't know if at the end of the week I'll, I will be any different than I am now. And if the confusion will have lifted or not. Mm-hmm. And I went on a run. And of course, it just started pouring rain on me. And so I'm running through this trail system with mud splashing everywhere. I'm like, I don't care. Honestly, I don't care. Um, this is very freeing in some way. And as I'm running, I'm, I'm playing over the bishop's words. The bishop's words just went over and over and over mm-hmm. in my head. And it started with what he said, which is, God has called you here. Mm-hmm. And as I kept saying that, God has called you here. God has called you here. It, it, it became, I have called you here. Mm. I have called you here. And then I have called you by name. Mm. I have called you by name. I've called you by name. And I took that experience and I sat with it and I prayed in the chapel. I was like, wow, okay. Like, did I make that up? Did I hear that? Is that my imagination? 
the next morning I meet with my spiritual accompanier and I just said, this is what happened. She was like, John, this is, this is amazing. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like that, that was unusual. I get it. <laughs> I get that. But like, what, what do I do? Typical me. What do I do with this? Yeah. Mm. And she said, you know, well, you keep going back into the chapel and into the books and the reading. And I was like, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm on a retreat. I went and prayed in the chapel. And she's like, where did you get this, you know, receive this inspiration? Mm. And I said, mm. I was out on the trail. And mm-hmm. she said, then go back out on the trail. You've, you've stayed enough in the chapel. And mm. I thought, wow, no one's ever kicked me out of the chapel before. <laughs> on a That's right. And so I, I started going back out onto the trail again. This is another day. And I'm like, here's my money. I'll stay the day. What the heck am I doing here? And I remember her saying as well, she said, John, there's, you, you need to move from head to heart. And I've, I've heard that in you know, theology of the body and in other areas. She's like, there's some blockage that's stopping you from receiving whatever the Lord is trying to give you on this retreat. Okay, here we go. You know, round two, three, four. I don't know what it is by now. And I'm heading back out down the super long driveway. And I this was the state of my anxiety and tension at that point. I was debating whether or not to go back and get a sweatshirt. And what would normally be like a three to five second decision. I literally stood there for like two minutes. Do I go? Do I stay? It's all the way back up in my room. And this was like, this has been my life for the last six months or something. So eventually mm-hmm. I was like, okay, in case it gets cold, I'm going to go grab a sweatshirt. I go all the way back up to my room. I come back down and I hear someone call my name. Mm-hmm. And it's the guy with his book. He's like, hey, I've been looking for you <laughs> everywhere. I wanted to, I'm leaving and I wanted to give you the book. Mm-hmm. I said, great. I took the book. Thank you. We know we said, we chatted for a bit. I said, bye. He went on his way. And I had the book with me. I'm like, I'm not going back up to my room. It's too mm-hmm. far. It's this huge, huge premise, premise, premises. And um, so I went out and I'm now walking on the trail with this book in my hand. And after about 15 or 20 minutes, I just thought, you know, um, I was fiddling through the book and I opened the book to where the bookmark is. And I just started reading. And yeah, I would love to share with you what mm-hmm. I read, if that's mm-hmm. okay. So I just, I read from the top of the page where the bookmark was left and it read, but as long as you are waiting for that mysterious moment, you will go on running helter-skelter, always anxious and restless, always lustful and angry, never fully satisfied. You know that this is the compulsiveness that keeps us going and busy, but at the same time makes us wonder whether we're getting anywhere in the long run. This is the way to spiritual exhaustion and burnout. This is the way to spiritual death. And I, I, I was just standing in the middle of a trail system by myself. And it just, I thought, I don't know if I could read something that spiritually describes more accurately what I'm experiencing inside. Mm-hmm. And I kept on walking. And after a while, I just, I was like, well, that was interesting. So I opened the back up the book and I kept on reading. Mm-hmm. And it said, well, you and I don't have to kill ourselves. We are the beloved. We are intimately loved long before our parents, teachers, spouses, children, and friends loved or wounded us. That's the truth of our lives. That's the truth I want you to claim for yourself. That's the truth spoken by the voice that says, you are my beloved. Listening to that voice with great inner attentiveness, I hear at my center words that say, I have called you by name. 
from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. And, and it goes on. So crazy. Mm. And I stood there like uh, going back to the chosen for a second. I, I don't, I, hopefully this is not a spoiler alert, but that first episode is Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. When she's in her chaos and brokenness, I think she yeah. I was just contemplating suicide and this crazy stranger Jesus is just sort of harassing her in her mind. She's running away from him. And he says, Mary, he calls her by the mm-hmm. most intimate identities, I guess, that she has at that time. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, um, again, my I'm not going to start comparing my life to Mary Magdalene's. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was very much my own version of like just like a lightning bolt. Just went, boom. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, OK, mm-hmm. this is this is where I need to focus. Belovedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, being called the personal mm-hmm. nature um, of 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 our childhood in mm-hmm. God, yeah. and um, so, anyways, a whole bunch of things happened after that. But I, the next day, I walked into um, <laughs> this woman's office with my bags all packed, and she was <laughs> like, "Oh, this is different." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I had a really interesting day, and and I, I think it's I think it's time to to head back home, you know, head back to life." I think I now have the next piece um, to focus on the next step forward. I think there's a lot of work to do here. Um, there was sort of very strange and bizarre healing in the moment. And there was mm. healing that came in the months after. Um, mm. it, it was never sort of conclusive. I still have some of the questions about my life and my vocation that I had back then. Mm. Uh, but with just a very, very different disposition, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back actually into therapy and therapy actually started making a ton of sense. Mm. I actually mm-hmm. enjoy it. I, I really, it's weird. I really enjoy <laughs> therapy. I think it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe because I feel like I've been talking for quite a while now. Oh, it, 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 there, there's since that time, um, there's been so many next steps um, that have sort of led me on, onto a very unexpected path of just very recently starting a master's in psychotherapy. Um, mm. And it felt like the doors just, you know, like walking down some long hallway. And as, as you get close to each door, you're like, I don't know, do I have a key? Like, is this a, is this a key? Is this a combination lock? Does it open this way or that way? And it would just go, you know, um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll go through this door too. You know, that's so um, funny. Anyways, maybe I'll, I'll sort of just, uh, and that portion of the story there and just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is such an insane story. Like, I mean, I'll say this because I, you know, I've been friends with John for a bit and like, I was friends with you before you went through this, I mean, through it. And then after, and like, we didn't see each other that often because it was COVID and and stuff like that. But we would like, we would check in and our friend groups would sort of check in with each other. And, and I, I said this to you before, like before this episode for when we check, when we touched base, but I like, you were, you were the same person, but like a different person. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, after especially the, especially the, the retreat and that kind of like this experience of a a new lens of like the lens of being beloved, like the beloved kind of thing. And it just, there was like a new freedom Mm -hmm. that just was a part of who you are or is a part of who you are now in a way that obviously God always wants that for us our whole lives. But there's, there's a sense in which once we participate in that 
healing and we like cooperate that healing and it, and we start to experience that healing yeah it actually like changes us like just and yeah. it's not like any specific thing that you say or whatever it's just the way that you are like the you know the way that you like in our being it like changes our mode of operation in the world and like how mm -hmm. we just are um which is so yeah. cool because it's like it's a very visible thing well at the same time like you know, like you said, you still have these, some of these questions. It's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like all your, the situation and the circumstances are totally resolved and everything is like, you have all the answers. It's not an external thing like that. It's something, yeah. something kind of, yeah. that's just really cool to see like from the outside yeah. too. I feel like healing is like, it's such a weird thing because it, anytime we venture inwards, I feel like the fear is that our worst fears are going to come true. Like that we're going to find out that they're true. You know what I mean? Like, like the wound that says like, you're a dummy. You're going to let, we're going to like come in and then God is going to confirm that for us. Like, yes, you're an idiot. Like, which is like, which is insane. Like, it's exactly what you're talking about though. Like the fork with, um, that uh jake was describing you know mm -hmm. of like the god is not good he's not a good father he's playing a trick with me like all of those kind of things it's <clears> like <throat> it's that especially around healing i find um or when god is going to do something big it's like the intensity that grows around those things is is like unreal like it's it's so big and it can be so convincing and so real looking and so all encompassing <clears throat> that it can be like, it can feel like there's two forks, but like one fork is like a jumbo thing. And the other one is like a chopstick. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like they're not, yeah. they, even though they are it, the fork for God, like is way bigger in reality, but it's like these skewed perceptions of things mm. that I feel like the enemy is really good at, like picking up on you know what I mean yeah, and that totally. just like exacerbating those things and making everything so big but also mm -hmm. I feel like that's a way in which God because I've I share like in some experiences in my life too where it's like or I have these experiences too where the thing that you're most afraid of is mm -hmm. the thing that happens in a certain sense like God allows it in some ways like he's like mm -hmm. yeah you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna let this happen and then I'm going to meet you there because, because you don't need to be afraid of this thing. Like it's because it's not true. But the thing is like, I've been in situations where I'm like the thing mm -hmm. that I'm most afraid of, which isn't true at a sort of at a deep, deep level becomes true at an experiential level mm -hmm. though. Like, mm -hmm. you know, someone like, you know, I, I, I mean, we've all, we all have this like fear right of not being lovable or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've had experiences in my life where like out of nowhere, but like very powerful experiences where somebody that I respect and love, like basically told me that, like, you know, in, mm -hmm. a, in the context of like, whatever a conflict or, you know, different things. Right. And yeah. like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm very blessed most people in my life. And even the, these, these people, like we reconciled and things are good, but in certain moments where like, that was told to me is precisely at a time where I was like, that is the thing that will break me. If I am told mm -hmm. that it will break me. And then it was told to me and then it did break me. And then the Lord met me in the utter kind of broken, because I think what God was, was showing me, which I think is kind of connected maybe to John, some of the things that you're saying is like, I was already broken there. Like that was the cave, you know, like I really, there was part of me that genuinely did not believe that I was lovable. Yeah. And 
I was burying that. And then somebody came along and said, like, you are not lovable. Mm. And then that thing that I had actually always believed exploded everywhere. And God was like, this is, we need, this is what we need to, you know, you are Mm -hmm. lovable, but like, we needed to get to this before I could tell you that because you weren't Mm -hmm. acknowledging that this is a a lie that you believed, you know, Mm -hmm. because you were surviving by sort of ignoring that lie. Yeah. 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 It's not freedom, you know, like it's not freedom to like, we can feel like it's free. Even, even you talking about John, like some of your other experiences and feeling like Mm -hmm. free when you got to reconcile with your dad and, and -hmm. there is like, there's a certain level of freedom there, but it's like, but it's like the freedom, the deepest freedom that the Lord has for us is, is like, is like core shifting. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Something that we've been talking about in our uh, community and liberation small group is, well, there was a, it was a quote from one of the readings lately, and it talked about crisis versus conflict and that when something difficult happens, mm. um, and they, they use crisis as a word of it's um like kind of like you're talking about it's this it's sort of a choice moment and mm-hmm. we have a choice to either um enter into conflict to sort of fight against our reality mm-hmm. which you know john when you're saying like this is so stupid like i hate this i don't yeah. like this this is yeah. not this is not me this you know or to allow it to kind of hit us in full force and let ourselves sit with it and let us um let us in it, be open to the, how is this changing me? I, you know, I can't change these circumstances. So it's this crisis of, am I going to allow this to then, am I going to allow myself to grow and allow God to grow me in that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm hearing that, but has that, uh, has that changed or that frustration? Like even now you say, okay, it's not like everything's perfect mm-hmm. and hunky-dory, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but there's been some, some change, but um, that frustration, do you, do you still experience that sometimes or is, has that changed or how does that? Yeah. Yeah. Or what have you found since the retreat? Time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, we might need like a second episode to cover the post, <laughs> the post retreat. But one, one thing I think that's interesting and, and, uh, I obviously I think, I mean, I guess men and women, but it might sort of speak to younger men a bit more is one of the things, one of the many things that came out of this retreat was as so I went and I talked with, um, I went and talked with a good uh, Jesuit priest friend, and I just mm. said, okay, I just had this experience, and um, I'm not entirely sure what to do next. Like, do I just like, well, that was mm. nice, and then move on with life, <laughs> or like just spiritually um, in my spiritual life, like what what tangible next steps? Like, if for someone who knows and walks spiritually with people, like what mm. advice? Um, and I remember him saying, you, uh, you, you've received like a, a pretty substantial grace and blessing, but of course, like there's, there's sort of an obvious question, you know, called to what? And right. I said, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crossed, <laughs> it's crossed my mind. And, uh, this might give away who the person was, but he said, are, are you aware I'm, I'm the vocations director, <laughs> um, for the Jesuits? And I was like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost didn't come here because you are the vocations director. Of the we had this really great chat, and I said, uh, "You know, Father, I think something that this is is really making very clear for me is that in my life, for example, I've always had this real 
profound desire and respect and love for marriage. And it's it's not it's not a hallmark. Sorry, just uh, <laughs> you can edit that <laughs> out. If you do. It's, it's 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 not a hallmark kind of romanticism. I actually I typically come from the default position that marriage is going to be quite hard, mm. um, just because from what I saw in in my family growing up. And it was actually, you know, theology of the body and, and, and some popes encyclicals on teaching and like, oh, this is amazing. Like, it's so amazing because it's hard and sort of the amazingness explains the hardness and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But I also don't, I, I really, if I'm being very, very honest with myself, I actually haven't been completely open with vocation. And I've mm-hmm. been, I've been not interested in entertaining. I've been really scared. Mm. of the possibility mm. that I might be called right. to something other than married life. Right. Mm. And I just, it was so bizarre. And I just found myself saying, oh, because he said, if you would like, you are very welcome to, we have a come and see weekend coming up in a month or whatever it was. And he said, pray about it. And so I went and I sat with that for a couple of weeks and I was like, I, I, I don't sense, you know, a calling to religious life or priestly life, but in terms of freedom and surrender and really walking that fork in the road where it says, Lord, Mm -hmm. I trust that you're good, which means if I've missed something and in all of my chaos, (laughs) I could absolutely have missed the turn off the road many times. Um, I, I, I think this might be a bridge I have to cross with them. So again, just like the last 12 months of, of my life have been so full of these very unexpected and random relatively random um occurrences so I, I went on a come and see weekend at 36 years old mm. and was like I'm I'm here I'm actually here you know um I remember actually going to I was heading I was driving it was in Montreal the come and see was in Montreal so I was driving to mass uh I was driving from mass on the way out to Montreal and I remember it, it was in when we were all masked up and the priest as many priests did, they gave the instructions on how to receive communion. It was always different a little bit in each church. And so we had a mask on and he said, you know, please wait until an usher tells you when when to come. And while you're waiting, take a moment and just, you're about to receive our Lord. Mm -hmm. Maybe just sit with that as you're, as you're waiting, because normally it's longer than usual. And I'm there with my mask on and I just, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like with my mask covered. all the <laughs> the worst. Years, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thought that went through my mind was I'm, I'm a disaster. Like, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I, the thing I hate the most is being so out of control that you're a disaster. It's what mm-hmm. I've worked my whole life to avoid. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm coming, I'm coming to this freaking come and see weekend. You're just going to have to accept my <laughs> sad carcass of a human being. <laughs> but I am coming to darn thing. Oh, that's so awesome. It was just, it was, and it was just, it was such a great weekend. I, I don't, Mm. After that weekend, I, I had no desire to continue discerning that path at all. And there's some great things happened, but it was, it was a mm. beautiful weekend, you know, being mm-hmm. in a, an intentional community of guys. I was, oh my yeah. gosh. I was like, why was I so afraid of this? This is mm. crazy. But, yeah. but it's real, right? Like the, the fears. Yeah. Are so real. I yeah. love that you said it like that. You're like, you know, I wasn't interested. I was scared. I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> I was like, I it's was not terrified. Any, it's just, I'm yeah. like, you know, <laughs> so real. just the idea of like my deepest fear, maybe one or one of them would be, yeah, you know, John, you've, you're actually just called to be celibate 
and not have children and not have a wife and not have a, that home experience. You're called to this other thing. I'm like, and he's now he's going to make it happen. He's done all <laughs> of it, you know, like at that yeah. point after the retreat experience, that wasn't quite my disposition, but there, there were definitely like those fears were there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure the devil's happy to go and, you know, yeah, it's just, it's so intense, but I, I think that, you know, the, the original question, I think Nicole, something you said made me uh, trigger a memory that even during this time I would, I would uh, run into say some of our nun friends. who I think all of, you know, I remember, and multiple people would say this at different times when people would say like, John, how are you? And I'm like, Ah, like <laughs> one version of how am I? Ooh, do you want shell of a human or do you want good? Yeah. <laughs> What's your preferred response? I don't want to lie to anybody, but, and so I would just, you know, kind of give the Coles notes version. And I remember one of these nuns saying, Josh put her hand on my arm and said, John, I know it doesn't feel like this, but you are in such a good place. Mm-mm like God can work with this. It's yeah. like, there's, there's, I don't know if there's anything left. I don't even know if I have a plan for next year for how mm-hmm. next year is going to mm-hmm. go. There's, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what my hopes, what my dreams, what my past uh, is anymore. I can't even control things like eating and sleeping. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. And, and it, it was the, 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 the helplessness I think was for me and I think coming from a background where you're just like, nope, I always have a plan B. I always have mm-hmm. a way forward. Uh, if I don't like a situation, I'll just put a positive spin on it and will myself through it um, to avoid disappointment, mm-hmm. to avoid being let down, to avoid yeah. being hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in those moments, um, I think that this position that, that the, the nun was talking about was like, it's so counterintuitive, but this is now when God can do his best work mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. And well, I, it, it's, yeah. it sounds like you're living out that original retreat <clears throat> message to be still like mm-hmm. in your everyday life. Right. Um, and that's, it's like learning a new way of being right. But that's, yeah, it's a good place. And I, I resonate with that because I, th- I think I've, I've been through similar stuff and I really hate it. Um, <laughs> but, but to learn to, but it's, like you start to you get to see you see new things when mm-hmm. you're still right mm-hmm. um and it's yeah. possible for god to lead you in places that you because if if it's like if there are plans and not that we should never have plans or that we shouldn't ever just you know like be heading in a direction or anything like that but it's so like i i resonate with the control part of things because i want to control everything because i don't want to be hurt or i don't want to be like left destitute or I don't want to be like I don't want the deepest fears that I have about me and the world and everything else to come true um but then it's like it it shuts out this place of this place of surprise from God Mm -hmm. you know it's like that Mm -hmm. even that he could bring you on this retreat that he has no intention of I mean (laughs) as it seems now, he has no intention of making you a Jesuit priest, you know, like this is not your, your calling or whatever, but that, that it was not, but it wasn't for that. It was for like maybe giving you peace with that or, and having that kind of experience of like community and communion and, or like whatever he gifts he was giving you at that time. But it's like, we 
Like I know all the time I shut, I, I, it's like I shut out the gifts that he wants to give me because I have such tight control over the things, you know, that, and it's like this game, like, I think we might've talked about this at one point or somebody did anyways. It's like, we're like this. And we get to this point where we're like, okay, Lord, like hands open, whatever you want. And then it's like, we go about our life and then slowly the fingers <laughs> just curl. Cause you're like, except not that and not, yeah, not this. Yeah. Not, and then all okay. Sudden, okay. Like, all right. What the hell? Yeah. What are these men doing? Come on. <laughs> and then it's like, we have to like, you know, and it's mm. like this cyclic, this cyclic thing. Yeah. It, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I also think that you, um, there's a relief about not holding on to stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. like, because you know, deep down that like, it isn't, you can't like, yeah, it's, you it's actually, a facade. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Like we don't yeah. actually have, like, there's a sense in which we have a foundation and security in the Lord. That's very real. And that like, we can trust that. And we can take that to the bank. Like that's real. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 like, bits of life that we try to kind of hold on to like mm-hmm. there isn't we really it's it is not true like we're not really holding on to something that's going to stick around or that we can't even grasp so it's like there's kind of and you always kind of know that so there's always this sort of tension in you where you're like working really hard to keep holding on because part of you knows that like at any second like it could go away and yeah. it's sort of this like constant tension and then when you but when, then when you do actually like let go in your disposition and give it to the lord it's scary. And this is actually going to be, I wanted to ask you this question, John, but you, I know you want to say something, but maybe later you can talk about this really quick. Mm. And then, but like there is, when you let go, there is also a fear because you really have to trust. Because I think then the, the, the lie that the devil tries to fool us with is like, you're wrong. That's not who God is. Like mm-hmm. you're sort of mm. banking on this is who God is. And that's how you let go. But then the devil's like, what? Is he really like that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You might be freely floating with a, without a parachute right now. Right. Which, you should, yeah. which you know isn't true, but there's yeah. like moments when you're a bit more vulnerable to that, that, you know, needling right. that, that can mm-hmm. happen. Um, so my question is just going to be like, like, does that still happen? And if it does, like, how do you sort of, you know, like refocus and recenter back on the truth, which is like, yeah, God is with you. He is, he has called you, you know, like he knows you and he's, he, he knows, like he just knows and it's going to be okay. But yeah, you also were going to say something else. So maybe say that. And then it's <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Remind, remind me of the question if I forget it when I get to it, but all this, the, the conversations reminded me of this other visual. I, I think it's on restore the glory. It might be Dr. Bob or what, or Jake, they talk about um, sort of walking with, with God and trust being a little bit like what it, you know, when we convert or revert or start taking our faith seriously is we finally um, welcome Jesus into our house. And we're like, mm-hmm. We're excited. Jesus, come in. Like, you know, make yourself comfortable in the living room. Yeah. Uh, this is the kitchen. This is your bedroom. Like, you don't need to go down in the basement. Um, the yeah. upper <laughs> is off limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, mm-hmm. and that lasts for a while. We're just yeah. mm-hmm. out. And you're like, it's so great. Jesus is in my kitchen and, you know, yeah. in his space. And then, and then he says something like, and then he starts knocking down walls. And you're like, <laughs> oh, man, that's so true. Like, he starts shaking mm-hmm. the place up. And you're like, no, yeah. mm-hmm. no, that that's. Um, like actually could you mind yes. <laughs> this is in the budget for renovations <laughs> yeah. no yeah i like this wall actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That yeah. yeah. Well, that's good expose that right. attic that subway right. tile on that wall and it was really pretty and it was really expensive yeah <laughs> 
Oh, because yeah. we don't know what he's doing. It's hard, right? Because it's legitimate. It's hard because we don't know what he's doing. We don't know that yeah. what his plan is a lot of the yeah. time. Um, but so then he's like, him. hey, listen, um, I made the subway tile and like I, our house actually only exists because of me. And like, you know what I mean? Like he sort of yeah. reminds you like, oh, like like the, the foundation that this whole thing is standing on is me. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. like I know, I know the original Man. Yeah. I'm contractor. Mm-hmm. Like we're good. Yeah, that's right. I'm the contractor. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he's the architect. He's the architect. That's way better. Yeah. He's, he's like, there's the like contractor. three sub basements that you don't even know about. <laughs> yeah. So right. let's just, yeah. 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 He's, I'll, I'll help you explore those. We'll just yeah. go slowly. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, and I want to make you a giant closet. Don't you want that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Rachel, don't you want like a walk in closet? <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Like, I don't want that many shoes. Yeah. I love uh, um but yeah so my question was like do you which is yeah do you oh, have yeah. this like reversion to like a moment of fear and then like how does the lord help you you know go back into that like the truth yeah that that's something that i think it comes up very often i think so um this is very strange because this is all playing out in real time i now don't have so much hindsight <laughs> to base this on but what sort of seems to be happening and for me i just i love and i sort of struggle but mostly love how each of these paths are just you're like who could have customized this better Mm. for me and i i i'm like i said doing and getting things done is not currently you know one of my issues in life right and and so just give me the plan and i'll go do it and things Mm. will be great and I'll, i'll know oh, in five steps, I need to prepare for this thing. So I'm going to start preparing now because I'm very prepared that way. And, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll execute this plan really, really well, according to how I think right. it should go. Um, and I just sort of, you know, since really from like even before the retreat, but especially much more consciously since the retreat, life has been very much unfolding one step at a time, which is, it, it just is, it sounds... I don't know, maybe for other people it wouldn't, but I just, there's something I just, I always, that rates against me. I'm like, is this, why not? This is so, right. this is bad planning to go one step and then we'll like, we'll figure out the next step. <laughs> you know, and of course it's, it's saying like, no, no, there's a plan, but for some mm-hmm. reason yeah. you will, you will receive it when you need to receive mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's trusting someone else's intuition, not mm-hmm. yours and, you know, all those, mm-hmm. all those types of things. Mm-hmm. So even now, I'm back in, in school and I'm, you know, leading up to school, I was like, I'm, I'm not like the greatest academically minded individual. I'm like doing a master's degree and, you know, just all of these things would unfold. And mm. so to, I think to answer the question to be sort of sitting in, which is maybe what the whole struggle is for me, but just sitting in the present and saying like, what have I been shown? now like now what do I know now what do I not know now and if I don't know it is that something I'm invited to pray about or to be still with or to let go of um versus before I'd just be constantly moving the chess pieces around Mm. the board to to sort of orchestrate some particular outcome so um I had this like like I said the last 12 months have just been a little bit personally wild for me um who likes to really plan things out but I had an opportunity to go to the Holy Land in May mm-hmm. which was just un- unbelievable uh, a beautiful beautiful experience that I don't think I would have appreciated as much if I hadn't gone through the last year leading up mm-hmm. to it 
Mm. Um, I, I came out of the, the retreat saying, okay, so one thing I'm very confident about is that I need, I just, I need to stay really close to our Lord, mm-hmm. um, hold the hand or the cloak or whatever analogy yeah. you want to use and say, I do trust. Uh, I have fears. I have emotional fears, but I do trust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that walking mm-hmm. with him is safe and it's for, for mm-hmm. my good. Yeah. Um, and so right after I came back, so I scheduled my interview, uh, for the university uh, application interview uh, two days after I got back from the Holy land. And I, so I just, I went into it with this super clear mind and it was the easiest, Mm. smoothest interview I've ever participated in. I didn't need, it was a group zoom interview. Great. Which was was a new for interview format. So like, like, right. Uh, so there's six, six candidates, I think all on, he listening to each other's responses and just the answers would just come. Like, I didn't even really think about it. I was like, mm-hmm. whoop, 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 you know, yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I can sit right now in this moment in this interview and not worry about mm-hmm. graduation or what, mm-hmm. what is this? Like when I think of the idea of, um, in the future, maybe practicing psychotherapy. I'm just like, what? Like, is that's that it was not <laughs> on the plan. Like that, yeah, is so mm-hmm. so different. And and I mm-hmm. I need time to process that. And the good news is, mm-hmm. I, I don't have to think about opening a therapy practice right now. I've I've in particular two specific courses that I know yeah. for sure is where I can put my time and energy, and yeah. and I will focus on those. So going back. Mm-hmm. Like that retreat experience, just constantly going back and saying, Lord, where have you shown me the next step? How did those steps go? And I was like, yes, I remember what it was like Mm. to take that next step and land and was like, whoa, I'm on super solid ground. Mm. That was a great step to take, a little nerve wracking. And all I have to do all and only, depending on how you look at it, is focus on on the current step or the next step, depending on, on on, on where you are. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Sweet. There's so many questions, but we, yeah, we're, maybe we'll have a part two, you know? Yeah, we'll that's right. Up. We'll check in with you in a year. You'll be yeah. like, I'm a Buddhist. Monk. <laughs> <laughs> what? That did not. Yeah, I don't know if you get uh, internet connection up yeah. in the mountains. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, no. Yeah. Now all I can think of is, I don't know why, but everything is coming back to, it's me. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, so good. Yeah. Thanks so much, John. That's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think you. this is something obviously like, you know, we, we have these conversations because there's a universal aspect to this of like mm. all of the ways in which all our lives are uncertain. And there's these crossroads and these, these times where we're like, you know, God is either good or, mm. you know. I'm everything is lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um and yeah, it's just so encouraging to hear just the very real um way in which you this experience unfolded for you and like walking with God because I think at every and it's important to say this, right? At every point in this journey you were committed to walking with the Lord. Like you were there was kind of a disposition that you had, like you were angry with him and all these things were going on, but you had this kind of commitment to keep walking with him. And I think there's a way in which that's, that's always the call for us, like whatever small little way mm-hmm. in which we can keep walking with him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And somehow I feel like we always come back to that in all of our episodes, like just yeah. whatever tiny little next, whatever agency we have, whatever yeah. little ability that we have to choose just to choose with that. Yeah, exactly. Whatever um, that might be. So, um, but yeah, but it's so good to hear sometimes that in flesh, like that real yeah. way in which that's happened in someone's life and, and, mm-hmm. you know, just as encouragement for how God mm-hmm. and what God is doing in each mm-hmm. of our lives. So yeah. thank you very much. That was so yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now on to God winks who I think both Aaron and John, you too, right? You've got not you me, one? Nicole, oh, Nicole, Nicole, and John. Nicole yes. and John. Okay. So I maybe... was like panicking. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nicole, let's start with you and then sure. We'll, we'll sure. Mine is really, um, like inconsequential and it's going to sound really anticlimactic after this beautiful sharing that you gave John, but, um, so I was at Aldi the other day. Aldi is, you know, a grocery store um, and it's really inexpensive and you have to bring a quarter to get a cart and you also have to bring your own grocery bags. And so I was going to go grocery shopping on the weekend and I was also just like tired and I get, when I'm tired, I get kind of scatterbrained. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Aldi. I have to remember grocery bags. So I brought my grocery bags and I was so proud of myself for remembering grocery bags. And then I got to Aldi and then I was like, Oh, and also the quarter (laughs) and I didn't have a quarter. So I was like, well, I'm here. So I'm just going to go in and we'll just figure it out. So I had like, I had like cloth grocery bags. So I just like put groceries in the bag as I was shopping. I'm like, if someone stops me, then someone stops me. But for now I'll just use my guy. And so anyway, so it was fine. I didn't have too many groceries to buy and it was a little awkward by the end, but it was, it worked out. Anyways, I got to the the checkout line and the way that they they do the groceries is that um, as you're unloading your cart, they pull up the previous person's cart, mm-hmm. they load your groceries into that, and then they use your cart for the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Which works and makes sense if everyone has a cart with a quarter in it. So they pull up this cart with a quarter in it and they put my groceries into it. And there was like, turns out there was all these extra carts around. So then I like, all of a sudden had a cart on my way out of the grocery store. And so then I you know, put my groceries in the cart, put the cart back. And now I have a quarter. I think you made a quarter. (laughs) In my mind, I'm like, Ooh, I just found a way to make more cash, you know, but anyway, so now it was just, it just felt like one of those little moments where I'm like, yeah, Yeah. the Lord provided for me a cart, you know, at least to get my stuff to the car. And now I have a quarter for the next time I go to Aldi. So don't spend it all, you know, (laughs) make sure you hold on to that. That's right. Right. That's right. I know. Right. That's worth like ten Canadian dollars. I, so. I was gonna say, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Rate. My God. Uh, gosh, that's for all right. our American listeners, on a yeah, that's small right. House. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Canadian dollar is mm-hmm. suffering right now. That's right. Speaking yeah. of suffering, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Anyways, yeah. that's that's my God, Mike. Okay, let's hear it, John. I'm awesome. excited to hear yours. Oh, I actually, Nicole, I love your God wink because something that really struck me in all of this was like God's. He loves the little details and like his sense of humor is mm-hmm. hilarious. Sometimes, sometimes, yes. sometimes mm-hmm. it's not as hilarious. <laughs> sometimes it's hilarious for him, but not for <laughs> yeah. you. You're like, I know you it, think this is funny. Yeah. But sometimes it's funny like, later. Yeah. 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 It, it's like noticing little details in a painting. You're like, whoa, I never noticed. Like there's like initials or, you know, in the, in the painting. But mm-hmm. so my Godwin is actually re- connected to my story. I was. So this, this whole idea of going back to school, doing a master's and stuff, I, uh, after like 15 years almost or something out of undergrad, anyways, too long, but um, 
I was I had applied to a Christian university here in Toronto that has has a program, um, and I was like, it, like the time, it's a private college, the money. Mm. Is this? Did I make this up? Like, am I? Am I? Is this yet another one of my plans? You know, right. that I've just made up, and this is the next thing to distract me or whatever. Um, and I went on campus. I met with the admission staff, and I was taken on a tour of the campus by one of the students. And we're walking past the bookstore, which was closed, but there's like mm. these big windows. And I just I look into the bookstore as I'm we're walking past. He's like, "Here's the bookstore," and I look at it. And there's a sign, a big sign on one of the shelves looking right out the window. And it just says, be still and know that I am God. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> and I, I, just, I don't know if I just started laughing. And she that's was like trying awesome. to figure out why I was taking a picture of the empty bookstore. <laughs> right. But I was like, this, I just, the quote, it just, it means something to me. So anyway, it just that's like the so little, cool. like, I didn't need that, but I, I will gladly take it. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That is awesome. God is good all the time. Yeah, I didn't mean to go in that direction. (laughs) It's such a cheesy one, but I was like, but it's true. He is good. He's good all the time. It's true. Uh Well, thanks, John. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and thanks everybody for listening. Um, Yeah, we're praying for you guys, and we'll we'll be on here uh, next week. Yeah, yeah. God bless you, everybody. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.